You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Hey, thanks for staying with us here on Real Presence Live. I'm your co-host, Karen Gibbs, along with Father Brian Christensen. But before we head into our next segment, I want to invite you to visit our website, realpresenceradio.com, for even more great content. There you can listen to the programming from your local area, find a podcast if you missed one of the daily shows, submit a prayer intention, nominate your favorite priest for donuts, like Father Brian. Father Brian likes donuts, right, Father? I do like donuts. And even more. Be sure to check it out on realpresenceradio.com. <laughs> Thank you, Karen. What a beautiful morning we've been having here. Um, so many uh, great uh, people at work in the life of the church, right? We are so blessed to be surrounded by these souls that just have no fear. Yeah, no, and, and engaging go. here uh, in these difficult times. I was reflecting yesterday at the gospel passage of Jesus calling Peter out onto the rough waters and in the face of the storm. He didn't calm the waters and then invite Peter out. Mm-hmm. He invited Peter to join him in the rough waters. And I think that's true for every single Christian disciple that Jesus wants us to enter into the storm and to bring his good news um, yeah. into, into rough waters. Like, like on Monday morning where you're leaving to you know do a live show and you get a flat tire. Who did that happen to? Oh my goodness. <laughs> and then you have to go home and get the other vehicle and you're still on time. But you did start the day in great peace with a beautiful sunrise and a cup of coffee yes. I saw on your uh, yes. Facebook post. Yes, I did. It's one of my, I would have to say, sinful pleasures is coffee in the morning. I just cannot get past that caffeine boost I need first thing in the morning. And a Monday morning show needs lots of coffee. Monday morning coffee. So, well, we're back here uh, live from the Cathedral uh, of Our Lady Perpetual Help in Rapid City. I'm Father Brian Christensen. I'm with Karen Gibis. And we're also joined this morning with uh, Anthony Flores. So, Anthony, thanks for joining us here on Real Presence Live. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Karen. So, um, Anthony, tell us a little bit about um, what, what, where are you now and what are you doing? Before we go in, on this amazing journey back, what do you, where are you now? Well, first of all, I have to say I was listening to you on the way in. I didn't realize we were actually were going to have couches, so I do appreciate that. <laughs> Don't you love this? This is awesome, yes. Uh, uh, right now I'm, uh, I work at uh, St. Thomas More, which is right across the street from the cathedral here. Uh, the middle school, and I teach 7th and 8th grade social studies. Okay, all right. But you didn't grow up as a kid aspiring to teach middle school, uh, Catholic school, middle schoolers uh, about history and uh, politics. I did not. So uh, tell us a little bit. Where, <laughs> where, where were you born and, uh, and how did you grow up? I, uh, well, I, I grew up in California. I was born and raised in California. Um, and I really no religious life whatsoever. Um, my mom actually was raised Catholic. But she left the church uh, when I was born because my dad, who had been divorced, uh, she was told by a priest that they wouldn't baptize me. Mm -hmm. And uh, so she was done. Okay. And uh, that was uh, pretty much the beginning and end of my uh, religious Religious. upbringing of any sort. As you were growing up, like, I mean, kids that would go to church or talk about, like, what was that like? Or what did that do? Did, Did you notice it or it was... It, it really was not noticeable. We did go to church uh, briefly when I was about 14, 15 years old, somewhere in there. And uh, we went about six times, had the pastor over. But I never really knew anything about uh, Christianity, 
Um, you know, I, I guess I would probably have been one of those people that uh, needed God maybe when uh, I was in an emergency situation, you know, gee, I don't want to be on restriction again, uh, things like that. But really, I had absolutely no clue whatsoever of any spiritual life, or I didn't even really know anybody that was involved in that. A neighbor of mine, a friend, he, uh, he went to church every Sunday, but never really talked to me about it. Um, and, and I really began to become probably more and more, I guess, angry, especially once I found out. Um, you know, I had a sort of a disdain for Christians in general, but Catholics, I had a special place in my heart to hate. Did you know where that guys? kind of came from? Where it, it came like, from finding out about not being baptized. Not being baptized about that incident with your mom it, and the yeah. priest. And, uh, and I have a tendency to hold on to resentments uh, uh, for a long time. Welcome to the human race. That's, <laughs> that's why we have Jesus, to get rid of our resentments. Amen. <laughs> um, in those early days, was there... Anything that you would say resembled the life of prayer? Like, did you believed in God or didn't believe in God? You know, early on, I, I look back now because I, uh, um, you know, I, I, I wrote I wrote a lot. I'm a writer. I like to write. And I wrote poetry back when I was a kid. And it's awful. I read back now. It's terrible. But <laughs> I thought it was profound at the time. And there were mentions of God in there or things like that. But uh, um, by the time I had a, a spiritual experience and and everything changed... I, I, I hate to say I'm an, I was an atheist, but I, I would say that that would probably best describe me. Yeah, you know, um, just like a practical atheist. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, there was maybe agnostic, but rarely there was so much anger out there that I was like pushing away from it, uh, and uh, you know, and I was actively involved in in a lot of drinking and a lot of drugging, and, and uh -huh. so my my life was uh, was empty. You know? So. Uh High school, you're setting your vision on a future, where you're going, what you want to do, what your desire. Where, where are you at that point? Well, in high school, uh, I wanted to, my, my dream was to become a United States senator. And uh, I was going to get my law degree and go to Berkeley. And I had all these, like, you know, visions of an idealistic type person. And, um, and then I ran into my speech teacher when I was a, a junior in high school, and he changed what I wanted to be. I, was, I watched him and I said, man, that is exactly what I want to do for a living. I want to be a teacher. Mm. Um, but, you know, I guess you need a degree. <laughs> you got to go to school to be yeah, a Yeah, you know, it's just one of those things. And, and I was not the type of person. Uh, school wasn't going to work out well for me. I, uh, um, I was, uh, you know, I always joke and my dad says it isn't a joke, but it's that my blood alcohol content was higher than my GPA in high school. <laughs> so that's an issue, you know. It and, can uh, be. And, it, and it kept me from really ever chasing any of my dreams. So I spent a good portion of my life in the casino industry, in the bar industry, in the restaurant industry is where I ended up. Okay. And then what changed? When did, when did you kind of make a move to make... Yeah, what happened? Tell us what happened. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's like, what was life before Jesus? What was life after Jesus? Exactly. What exactly. happened to get you there, right? Um, you know, I ended up in a hospital and um, from drinking, and and I and and I just it just came to me. There was this there was this thought that you know, uh, who am I to say there is no God? And it was just very powerful that that moment, and and so for the first time in my life. I actually got on my knees and I prayed, and I had a spiritual experience that um, 
I mean, it, you know, it, it wasn't white light, but it felt the same. It was just this warm feeling that came over me. And, and, and when I got up from that prayer and I was just in tears, mm-hmm. um, I just remember thinking uh, um, that it, it, before that prayer, I didn't believe in God. And after that prayer, it's not that I believed in God. It's that I knew there was a God. Mm-hmm. And that was such a huge difference. Um, now, you know, uh, certainly I wasn't going to go running into the Catholic Church. Right. What was, what was the next steps then? Like, where do you go after you know that there is a God and he knows you and you're, con- you're convicted? You're certain of this. It, it's that search for the truth, you know. And, and, um, and I think I was just open enough to decide that um, I was willing to look into everything. Okay. So uh, it, can ahead. I ask, well, sure. how old were you at this point in your life? I was 35. Okay, because I think that's a, a perspective sure. that we have to understand that, I mean, you had been through a significant chunk of, I guess, the bad years of, of our decisions as young adults, you know, that without, we, we tend to grow up at some point. So to know at 35, you had this revelation, it's not too late, people. <laughs> no, that's a good point. Yes, uh, that's a very good point. I, I did. I spent a lot of years out there. Um, finding, trying to find what would fill the hole that was in me. And I didn't realize it was God-shaped. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I thought it was bottle-shaped or, you know, I mean, you know, the whole, right. you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll kind of a thinking, you know, that uh, is unfortunately very prevalent out there. And that is, I fell into it, hook, line, and seeker. There's no question about it. But I can guarantee that the life I live today uh, is so much better than the one I was living then. Um, so much better. And, uh, and I had a lot of great things that happened. I mean, I've, I had a child during that, you know, which is uh, I have a beautiful relationship with today. And, and that's because of God in my life, not because of anything I've done. And I've got a beautiful wife and um, a relationship with my parents. You know, uh, and that's what I love to do is just ruin relationships. It was really good at it, you know. And uh, God has taught me how to not do that. Yeah, know? beautiful, beautiful. So the search for truth then. Yes. What, what happens next? Where do you go? Where does a guy who now has this experience of God, what's his next steps? What did you do? Well, you know, I was, I was listening to a speaker one time, and, he, and it was a pastor, and he said, hey, uh, if you're thinking about, you know, maybe getting baptized, and of course I hadn't been <laughs> baptized because, you know, I didn't get baptized. My mom didn't do it when I was a child because of what happened with the church, unfortunately. You know, and I always say that was one priest. That wasn't what the Catholic Church teaches, because we know mm-hmm. that's certainly not true. Right. Um, but uh, but I, it, I just was called to do it, and I don't even know why. I was, you know, I was pretty like again. I was pretty not really. Jesus wasn't going to be the way I was going to go. Or maybe a Buddhist or something, uh-huh. but not Jesus, right? Uh-huh. You know that kind of thought. <laughs> and uh, and I just felt compelled to run up and say, "I'm in." And so two of us decided to do it that following Sunday, and it was a full immersion baptism. Um, and uh, and I'll never and I'll never forget that uh, um, while we were there, there was two of us getting ready to go. And he says, "Hey, I've got extra clothes, you know, sweats for people that want to come up." And by the end of that time, fifteen people had been baptized. And so it was just one of those beautiful moments that uh, you know I don't know. Uh, if my just saying yes kind of led to, you know, that they didn't baptize just, you know, when they baptized like once a month, you know, they, mm-hmm. it was a, a Protestant kind of a Rick Warren type church, okay. you know, mm-hmm. yeah. 
Um, but uh, that was my first experience into church, and and it, I don't know if I considered myself a Christian, but the uh, bapti- baptism I, makes me one. Right. <laughs> you know what right. I'm saying? So, uh, but then I, I decided I would begin to search, and and from there. Uh, I ended up going to an, an open Bible church for a while and got real close with the pastor and just started to really investigate what is going on here, you know. So that's kind of kind of how that all begins, right, you know, if right, that makes right, sense. Right, right, No, I mean, it's fascinating, again, those movements of, of the Holy Spirit, movements of God drawing you ever closer. And also, I think your response, you're finally open. The things that I've been trying for years don't work. This exactly. is not satisfying. This is not leading me anywhere. I keep doing it, and I keep getting the same bad results. <laughs> yeah. maybe it's a definition a, of insanity. Yeah, right? maybe there's a new, maybe there's a pathway forward. I, I think that it's um, God has had taken you on a very gentle route back to Him, and you know, back into the fold of the church. And and I do believe that there is a lot more to your story that as you come to find the Catholic Church, and obviously teaching at a Catholic school. (laughs) So stay with us, guys. We are going to take a break, and then we're going to come back and talk to Anthony some more on his story and what led him to where he is today. Stay tuned. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together toward success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancements for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through plan giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these planned gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our planned giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back. This is Father Brian Christensen here at the Cathedral of Our Lady of Perpetual Help in beautiful, sunny Rapid City, South Dakota. I'm with my co-host, Karen Gibis, and we're joined today in this hour by Anthony Flores, California boy turned South Dakota high school or middle school Catholic school teacher. Um, welcome back, Anthony. Thank you. So uh, we've uh, kind of covered this amazing journey of your early life up until your mid-30s or so where you had this beautiful experience of God, of uh, baptism uh, by immersion, a, a powerful experience, um, and now this ongoing search for truth. Um, how, how did you ever come in contact with the Catholic Church? Well, you know, um, I actually owned a restaurant when I uh, um, first moved here to South Dakota, and we had a regular customer by the name of Father Mark McCormick, which you guys probably know. Father Mark McCormick is now the director of vocations for the diocese, chaplain to our Catholic schools, and also the chaplain of our Catholic Newman Center. He wears a lot of hats. He does, and he's always uh, seemed to have been on this journey of mine. And I'll never forget, you know, I again, I told you I, I was not very nice to the Catholic Church, so I ended up uh, sitting down with him one time when he was in my church, and I, I didn't have a lot of experience with clergy at the time, but I figured I'd ask him if it was okay, and I said, you know, I, I've been really kind of mean to you guys, and I just want to kind of, you know, apologize, make amends somehow, what can I do? He says, well, what did you do? And I said, well, I was always bad-mouthing you, and he goes, how about you start with just not doing that? And I said, <laughs> I, I could probably do that. So, <laughs> right. And, and he invited me to Mass, and and I went, and I uh, thought, man, I'm done. That's cool. It's Dover, right? <laughs> and, uh, and, and I church hopped a little bit uh, before I found the Lutheran church uh, with my wife, who was born and raised Lutheran. And, um, and uh, then I got a job at St. Thomas More. You know, and I thought right, I stop, could... stop. <laughs> Wait a minute! I, I got a job. You're a restaurant owner. Yes, here yes. in Rapid City. <laughs> I know. And you don't just get a job at St. Thomas. You More. don't. So what... well, um, when I, uh, uh, I I started to go back to school and I finished up my degree. And uh, when I was done finishing my degree, I accidentally got an English degree. It wasn't on purpose. And uh, <laughs> I know a professor kind of mentioned that to me. He said, well, you're halfway through an English degree. And I said, how did that happen? And it really <laughs> came down to I was just wanting to be a writer um, and, uh, and, and end up with an English degree. And I'll never forget, I was just called to go back into teaching. Uh, there was this program that Black Hill State University had. And it was just... One of those is called Project Select, and it was just ended up being a, just a beautiful moment for me that I was able to take a year off of work, and we were able to pay for that so that I could go back and get my teaching credentials. Mm. Now, there were zero jobs out there at the time. It was 2012, um, you know, and, uh, you know, we'd, the business was long gone, and I had been working at another place as, in a restaurant as a manager, and, and, you know, life was good, but... Um, for some reason, I just felt like I was being called to something different and, uh, you know, to be a teacher. And, and I really was, even in the restaurant business, trying to help, um, you know, a lot of the people that I worked with, that I worked, that worked under me, you know, and just trying to help them. And, you know, and, and next thing you know, I get a call from St. Thomas More, and uh, Keith Schultz was the principal at the time and for an interview there was 22 people up for the job, and they only interviewed five. I had zero experience, and for some reason, I ended up getting it. Now, maybe I'm that great of an interviewer, but maybe it's just that God really had plans for me that I wasn't aware of. Sure. You know, um, and I just wanted to be respectful. 
I was just going to be respectful to the Catholic Church. And, you know, we go to Mass every Thursday, and uh, why do we kneel? What's, you know, when you do the cross for the forehead and the lips? And, the, and I remember every time I learned something new, I was like, man, that is unbelievably beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't about all of these techniques, uh, this tradition kind of only. It was a beauty of what we were doing and everything that we were doing. And it was a little awkward because I was president of the Lutheran Church at the time. <laughs> and I'm discerning I'm becoming a Catholic. And so there was a little bit of awkwardness there. I remember going to my pastor at the time, and he was like, well, do you want to quit? And I don't think God's calling me to quit. You know, I need to finish my term at least, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was till the end of the year. And, and, uh, and this is uh, now, you know, I've been working there for a few years. I had an opportunity possibly to go to another school in the public school system, make a lot more money, you know, because... You know, teaching, it's such a great cut and pay. That's, you know, couldn't resist. There but, you go. You know, but uh, um, but I, I just said, I'm just so happy here. I get to pray six times a day, you know, pray with the kids. There's something just so beautiful about where I worked. And my wife was like, I'm so glad, grateful you said that. And so she was on that same page, you know. Um, and I, we were just too afraid to tell each other a lot of times, you know. But, uh, but it, that didn't always end up being the case when I first said, I think I'm discerning about becoming a Catholic. Yeah, how did your wife respond to that? Not well. Not well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Lutheran, you're the president. What are we up yeah, to Yeah, exactly. She grew up, I mean, she's been there the whole, her whole life, you know. And, and so it was tough. There was a, a good three, four months that it felt like there was a big wedge in our lives. And, and I was just being pulled to come to the Catholic Church by God. But I'm also obviously not pulled to, you know, get out of my marriage. That's certainly never, God would never be calling me to do that. And so I didn't know what to do other than to try and just shut up because I have a tendency to like to debate. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you how theologically the Catholic Church is right, and that, and that's you know probably not going to uh, where your wife was at lead to harmony. Yeah, to harmony. <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> yes, and so I'll never forget uh, um, that uh, priest told me uh, you know uh, there's a lot you guys have in common, you know, and and you know we really never we went to church together when we were both Lutheran, but we didn't pray together outside of church, and now we're going to separate churches. Now today we pray together, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, we we're in a mixed marriage, which I thought because I'm Mexican and she's German, that's what you guys <laughs> meant. But apparently that's because I'm a Catholic and she's a Lutheran. <laughs> yeah, you know? in New York, I grew up in New York and a mixed marriage, you know, is between a Yankee fan and a Mets fan. There you, you know? go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got a few of those in my family. So as a Cubs fan, I understand that from yeah, exactly. the White Sox yeah, perspective. White Sox. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so your wife is still at the Lutheran Church. She is. Uh, you're active in the parish here in Rapid City. That's correct. You're a teacher at the St. Thomas More Middle School. Yes. Um, tell us a little bit. You guys then had your marriage convalidated. We did. Actually, just uh, on May 23rd, after five years, I had been married before and uh, a couple of times, and she had been married once. And so we went through the uh, annulment process, um, which absolutely was so heartbreaking at times, so exhausting at times, and yet at the same time, there was something so beautiful about going back and seeing some of the mistakes I had made in marriages, in mm-hmm. marriage. And it was really like, to me, an amends to God for how I treated marriage. Um, you know, my first marriage, again, I told you I didn't always live the best of lives, really lasted about three weeks. You know, um, that's not really a lifelong commitment. Right. You know? mm-hmm. right. Um, and it's not really what uh, God is calling us to be as, as married couples. And, and so the Catholic Church... And not only has saved me, but saved my marriage, uh, really has made it a stronger marriage. And, 
And we've got something beautiful today, um, even separately. I mean, it's, my wife is just, she's such a faithful, prayerful woman. She's just so beautiful. Um, you know, it's like, uh, it, it reminds me kind of a lot of, you know, I, I, what I think is one of the most important things that we have as humans, which is our religious freedom, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so I, I really have to honor that about not only as an American in the United States, but as, as a husband, I have to honor that, that she's on her journey and uh, I'm not here to mess that up. And she felt the same with me, even though she, I remember in the beginning, she wanted to push me over because I was praying the rosary, <laughs> you know. I mean, it was just, it, there was a lot of... Uh, um, for a few months, and something finally brought us together, and uh, and then it's just been a trip, uh, really with God, which is the reason why we are able to get to where we're at today. Right. After that long journey, you know, of oh. your own personal conversion, and then you know, working through the marriage and the uh, annulments, and bringing you to that day of your convalidation. Can you talk about that day? Oh my goodness, I. Four sacraments that day because I went to confession as well. Um, so go ahead, tell everybody about that day. Oh, okay, so I, I I just you know May twenty third, uh, wake A up day that will live in infamy. Oh, for absolutely, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we got married at one o'clock in the afternoon. You know, we had our wedding blessing, and, and we were able to invite people, even though with the COVID thing, you know, we were put the church set it up and. And I really wanted to honor my wife, so you know we didn't want it to be a mass. So there, so we did that first, and and uh, and the day before, I actually went in to do the profession of faith with Father Carey at mass. And and the one thing I just remember thinking, my uh, my my wife was looked so beautiful that day, and it was just such an amazing moment. And and I kind of messed up the vows a little bit, just kind of so nervous and. We couldn't find one of the rings. It was just really, but it was still just amazing. You know, even in all of that, um, it was just a beautiful moment. And then that night with the people that I taught RCIA to, I came into the church and was confirmed um, and had first communion. And I'll tell you what, I used to always be like, you guys, I don't know about this Eucharist thing. I, I, I want it. I cannot wait to have it. But I didn't think it really had the power that you guys said it did because I had never had it, right? Yeah, yeah. And it was amazing. And I thought, well, it won't be like that the second time. And it has been. And the third time. And the fourth time. And, the, and every single time there's something that happens that is absolutely completely amazing every time I take the Eucharist. It's incredible. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for sharing your story. Really, it's God's story at work in your life. And I I can hear that coming out over and over again in your your telling of this, how God has led you deeper into a relationship with Him and and brought you such joy through the life of the church and the, the sacraments. And now you get to share that day in and day out with your students and the people that you know. And you do it with great joy, and it's a pleasure to be with you today. Thank you so much, Father. So, well, very good. Uh, we're closing up uh, this uh, first part of our show here uh, from the Cathedral of Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Rapid City, South Dakota. Um, thanks once again to Anthony Flores for sharing his conversion and the way that God's worked in his life. Um, coming up after the break, we got a great guest um, who's doing tremendous work in the church who just received a new appointment. 
Um, and uh, we'll talk to him about what's going on there. Great tease, Father. Great tease leading up to this break. Um, I want to remind everyone that you can hear the replay of this Real Presence Live on Saturday. So check that out if you want to share this story again with someone and bless everyone with Anthony's story. And also check out the podcast. <laughs> 